0: In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place.
1: Welcome to the Daily Memphian Tigers podcast. I'm Jonah Jordan, the Memphis Tigers beat reporter at the Daily Memphian, and today I'm joined by Anthony Sane from the Flyer and the Outsiders podcast. He's been doing a little bit of a media blitz here lately. How you doing, man? Mel,
0: man, good. So how you doing,
1: bro? Oh, I'm good. Um, the you are you are our last episode of my first season of podcast, episode nineteen. Um, how does that make you feel? I, feel? I think you should feel pretty good about it, personally. Yeah,
0: man, I feel pretty good about it, bro.
1: Yeah, that's like a that's a big deal.
0: Yeah, man, just yeah, just clean up here, bro. <laughs> All
1: right, so we're gonna talk a little tigers today. I know you're you're a pretty big tiger fan. You go go back a long time. You've been around the program a long time. Um,
0: is that a backhanded way of calling me old, Jones? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, you okay. are old.
0: All right, we're gonna roll. Yeah, we're gonna roll with that then. <laughs> <laughs> right, my dad used to say that I'm burnt out, but I'm still smoking. So I'm, I'm gonna adopt that one.
1: <laughs> All right all right so we'll get to it you've been a uh you've been around the tigers a long time like i said have you ever seen anything like what penny's doing right now to you has this ever happened before
0: uh not even close man um someone who's been around since the mid 80s as a fan uh not gonna really share my age but i've been a tiger basketball fan ever since i was a little kid um so looking at around the mid to late 80s and when I was a fan, uh, the Tigers always had a good program. It was always national relevant. And, of course, we had a national championship run when uh, Calipari was here. And I think we had a final four run around the time when I was very small, five or six years old. But as far as the caliber of the recruiting class, Memphis has never had anything like this uh, as far as what Penny's able to do. And that's pretty much obvious, of course, with having that number one ranking. Yes, we had the class that had Will Barton, Joe Jackson, that class that came in, but if you look at the, the NBA potential of the of the class we have now, with two guys who are slated to be lottery picks, as well as other guys who ha- who could have you know t- play in the NBA on the roster as well, it's easily the most heralded class coming into the season. Of course, the game has to be played on the court, but like I said on a radio show I was on last week, what is a bad what is a failure look like for a class? At this level, you know what I mean. What, what are we talking about as far as failure is concerned? There's so many things that have to go wrong for this class to be considered as a failure. It's, it's truly amazing what what Penny's done. Literally, just 365 days.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. It's really. It's been an incredible turnaround. Um, how many games did you go to last year?
0: Uh, well, I had a media pass uh, this year. Shout out to uh, Phil uh, <laughs> Stuckenberg who showing love with the media pass. So I had a oh media my. pass. I probably went to about uh, maybe half of the games uh the the original buzz of the season was great uh when penny was there but after a while it was kind of like you were watching a team that you know eh, once the once the once the buzz fell off it was kind of a not going to say a bad team but it was you know kind of hard to go watch memphis versus tulane on the tuesday night you know if if it's not going to be an exciting basketball game but even with even to that um uh to that point a lot of people question penny's coaching ability when you look at it he's that team, he's he, he really overachieved with the with the roster that he had this season. If you want to just look at it that way,
1: yeah, I agree, I agree. Um, so looking at it from that perspective, you mentioned a buzz. That's something I wanted to talk about. Even in the building, mm-hmm. it seemed like people were buzzing about Penny. You can't even last year, people were in the stadium. I walked around a little bit. I know people. You know, you you'd walk around and you would talk. It's like, oh, this year, yeah, we're we're wanting him to be good, but next year is what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. How how do you think the crowd next year is going to compare? Because that's something I'm really interested to see is how fans react, how fans come out and how they pack out the FedEx form. Because I think it's going to be a sellout from day one. Like some of those smaller oh, games, sure. But I still think it's going to be yeah. wild in there.
0: Yeah, it'll be crazy, man. I was um, I was in my early 20s uh, during the height of the Calipari years when we were, you know, lead eight, uh, final four caliber team. And I remember how uh, even on like dead games on Saturdays or like dead games during the week, um, crowd would still be packed. And, and Calipari was kind of pushing, don't worry about the roster. I mean, don't worry about our schedule as much. Come see one of the best teams in the nation. I remember there was a joke about he was saying, come look at how good we passed and all these types <laughs> of things. And, and, and people would like to see Memphis dominate teams, man. It was it, it, it was fun. It was fun to see it. it, it to to come out and just a team would come in and they would just, you know, try to get physical with us so they have a chip on their shoulder and you look up, Memphis is blown away by 30. That, that would just be, you know, super exciting to see. And I think it's going to be even crazier, man, because like, uh, like I said, Penny's doing a new thing and we had those lean years and now Penny's turned turning around so fast. I think people in Memphis are um, dying to get a taste of that again. So I think, like you said, I think, man, I could I could see a situation where, where it's packed every night. To, to see this team with the anticipation
1: they have. I really think I think the most fun of the game early on is gonna be that um at the FedEx forum probably it's gonna be probably that Georgia game um almost but they have one really intriguing matchup on the road is that, that game against Tennessee. Um mm-hmm. how back is that rivalry? <laughs> like they, they really Oh man they they poured the uh, gas on on to the flames, and it kind of just, it went from like a little tiny, right. like, oh, it's a thing, and now its it seems like it's going to be huge, right?
0: Right. Well, going back, you know, you're talking about, because people always talk about Louisville, like people that are a little older than me, Louisville was a big Memphis rivalry. But Louisville was a rivalry to me, but to my age group, it was more so Tennessee. I remember the, uh, uh, the LaMarcus Golden, the Allen Houston rivalry. I remember penny going against these guys i remember all of that you know what i mean uh I, like the tennessee game like i hated orange as a kid because of the university of tennessee and i you know a lot of times in memphis do you have people who are tennessee they're, they're memphis basketball fans with tennessee football fans like i used to scoff at that. i used to hate to hear people talk about that. so uh i think it's i think it's back man like and, and, and a lot of people got mad at me because they misunderstood what i was saying on twitter last year when, when we played tennessee i'm like man i'm all the stuff that Utah, I mean, that Utah, the same team,
1: but all the things <laughs>
0: that Tennessee was saying about Memphis on Twitter, the players are saying it, I was loving it, just because he was bringing that rivalry back, and that's something that uh, that ignites college basketball, and that's something about college basketball you don't see as often in uh, in the NBA. And like I said, I, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad it's here, uh, Barnes and Penny. I hope that they continue to take shots at each other. I hope that, that Penny continues to say things. That he can't say on the air after <laughs> off the record that actually makes the air. You know, I hope that stuff continues to go on, man, because that, that Memphis-Tennessee rivalry. And even when you add Vanderbilt to it with Jerry Stackhouse being in the picture, I just want to see that those cross-state rivals just you know continue to go to the next level.
1: So I had Brooks on, Brooks Hansen from 247. You know Brooks, obviously. Yeah, I heard that guy. Yeah, I heard <laughs> that guy. <yeah. laughs> I asked him <laughs> – um, who is one team you would want to see the Tigers schedule that isn't Kentucky? Because people, you know, they always point to the Kentucky game. Kentucky, Kentucky, Kentucky. Like, mm-hmm. that's one that people want to play. Who is somebody you'd like to see Penny go out and schedule? Because he's been very uh, adamant that he wants to go out and schedule tough, um, schedule hard opponents, I think, like the Dukes, the Michigan States of the world. He's not going to shy away uh, from an opponent. Who is somebody you'd like to go out and see him put on the schedule that isn't Kentucky? Well, I
0: will say two I'll say two teams that I'd like to see on the schedule. Uh, one, I'm, I'm going to go across against the grain a little bit. i like to see him play Michigan uh, with Jawan Howard, recently getting hired there. I think he's going to do good things there. Another former uh, player, another new wave, you know, former um, former NBA player that's going to be a coach. i love to see uh, a rivalry started with that. i love to see, you know, those two guys play. Uh, also, i love to see Vanderbilt, like I talked about with Jerry Stackhouse. I really want to see that rivalry, like I said, that cross-state rivalry was another former player. I want to see all the former players. Man. Let's get Nick Van Ex a job. Let's get up to Cincinnati and just, and just get it going.
1: I really think Arkansas would be fun. I know uh, Memphis football yeah. scheduled Arkansas today. I, I wish they could somehow yeah. mold, like, put put basketball into that contract, add it to it. Let's get going. Get that old um, old series back. Yeah, going. man,
0: I'm I'm that rivalry guy. I don't really care about you know the, the the Dukes and the I love to see Kentucky, of course, but I want to see those old games. Arkansas, Ole Miss, Tennessee, all those. Man, let's get Arkansas State back in here. Let's do all those. Let's do like we used to do back in the day, man. <laughs>
1: Yeah, those old regional, old regional rivals. You yeah. pack out the ha- the FedEx um, Forum or wherever. People would be, people would come out in droves to see them play Vanderbilt or Arkansas. Right. Um. I mm-hmm. think Louisville maybe will end up back on the schedule one day. Um. Right. Do you think that Penny? I think that he kind of is seeking out some of these old NBA guys. He talked about wanting to play Patrick Ewing. Um. You are an NBA guy. You you talk about the NBA. You write about the NBA. What do you think about yeah. these guys who? have NBA connections, kind of going down and playing college or coaching college like Juwan Howard did. Juwan Howard interviewed for several uh, NBA head coaching positions before the Michigan job opened, and we probably would be talking about him as an NBA head coach had that job not opened. What do you think about these guys returning to their alma maters or in Stackhouse's case, a, a school that, you know, he wasn't necessarily affiliated with but needed a coach, needed a good coach? What do you think about these NBA guys going to college? All
0: right, here's the thing and I'm, I'm, I'm praying that i'm careful with my words and things don't come out the wrong way but if i'm if i'm a this is what people don't understand like for someone who's my age these kids parents are the same age the same age group as i am they know who penny hardaway is they know who juan howard is they know who jerry stackhouse is penny hardaway was not just a local icon penny hardaway was one of the biggest players in the NBA. He was the Steph Curry, the LeBron James, the Tracy McGrady. He was that, that big-time icon of the NBA. Who can, who can sell your kids? Who, who would you trust your kids with if you were a parent to prepare them for the NBA other than people who have been there and done that, who not only can teach you on the court, but the business side of it, time management, diet, all these type of things. John Perry can't teach you that. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean. Coach K can't teach you these things. These uh, guys who don't don't look anything like Penny Hardaway or the, the recruits, as far as physical nature, just their resume and things that they've done. Those guys, sure, they've they've been the coaches that have gotten guys into the NBA. But who could actually prepare you other than guys who who have been through that experience? And I think that's a I think Penny needs to keep that going. I think he needs to continue to get. Uh, NBA assistant coaches on the staff. I I think it can't be overkill. I don't think he has to have all uh, NBA coaches. I know he has Tony Battle out there. And and I'm a person who I'm I'm down for him bringing another one in. Uh, But it may not be necessary to bring another one in because he's got got himself. He's got Mike Miller. I mean, but, you know, it's definitely a a great approach that he's doing. And I totally understand what he's doing and how it can affect the kids. Because the people who are shocked about what he's doing as far as recruiting, they shouldn't be. I mean, because this this is a, a former NBA legend who uh, – if you want to talk about unicorns in the city of Memphis, Penny Hardaway is probably the big, bigger unicorn in the them because college basketball has never seen anyone who has the tools in the toolbox like Penny has as a recruiter and as a coach.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really interesting that um, you mentioned his playing experience because I was talking to somebody about this, about John Howard the other day, and they were like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't we tell a kid, a big man, to go play for John Howard? You look at what he right. did. You look at his career. I mean, he was a top ten draft pick. Who, I mean, he had an okay NBA career. You know, um, then he went and was an assistant coach at the with the Heat. I mean, he's he knows LeBron. He's tight with all those guys. Like, why wouldn't you want to go learn from Jawan Howard? He's gonna exactly. be able to tell you what to do, what not to do. He can give. Hey, Chris Weber, here's my guy. So and so, he needs your help. Or if you're a guard, why wouldn't you want to go learn from Penny, a big guard who. You know, like like in RJ Hampton, I, I thought that was a good point that somebody made to me is that RJ Hampton could be the next Penny. He reminded a lot of people of that same not Penny, but in that same mold of player. Why wouldn't you want to go or the
0: next Dante Exum? <laughs> well, I think he actually is Dante but,
1: you know, we'll, that's another conspiracy theory. Go ahead. Oh, my God. They do look a lot alike. <laughs> but it wasn't <laughs> shocking to me that he went overseas. I mean, people had been talking about it for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. They do have the one scholarship available. Um, from a team-building perspective, what would be something you would – would you add to this at all? Or do you think adding to it may take away from what he has, like that it may mess up? It could be too much.
0: Uh, here's the thing. If, if I felt like they had a position of need, I would say to uh, use another scholarship, use an available scholarship on another player. But I don't really see a, a position of need on the team. Uh, I'm, I'm not the person that wants to talk about log jams all that type of thing. I don't. I don't really think they have a, a big of a log jam as guard as people think they have. Because if you look at the roster, there's not many true small forwards on the team. So Penny can he can play three guards at a time. So if it's not as big as a as a, as a guard log damage as people are saying it is. Even if you want to play two point guards and a shooting guard, you, it, actually, you could go, you could play a three-point guard lineup. You could put all three of your point guards on the court at one time. You could have Alex Lomax, Tyler Harris, and Damian Ball all, all on the court at the same time. There's so many things interchangeably they can do with their players, which is which is to Penny's credit. I don't think there's any, you hear some people say they need another big man. I don't subscribe to that either because if you have two NBA caliber bigs, and, or guys that can play front court positions and James Wise and the presses of Chua. You want those guys on the court as, as, as often as, as possible. Plus, you have guys like Lance Thomas and also uh, DJ Jeffries that can play in the front court. You also have uh, Isaiah Maurice who's there if you need him. I don't think there's a need to bring in another big man. Okay? I mean, I, I think that their roster pretty much is fine. And honestly, just putting my heart into it, I'd love to see a kid like uh, Ryan Boyce be awarded the scholarship that uh that was I don't I don't really know the situation but I, I there was word that he was promised a scholarship for this season so I like to, I like to see Penny make good on his word to take care of Ryan Boyce who a kid who I've heard has been you know just working his butt off uh, during the summer to get Penny's attention and to show everyone that he's uh, ready to be a tiger.
1: Oh yeah, I was going to ask you about Ryan Boyce because he's a he's a guy that I watched in high school. You know I thought he was going to do great at UAB and then he decided to take the walk mm-hmm. on spot at Memphis and it was like man. I mean, I know he's going to work. I know he's going to put in the work, but is he going to pay off in the end with what Penny is trying to accomplish right. here? Nobody really knew that this class was going to be the number one overall class, but um, right. I think Ryan is going to make it. I think he'll he'll figure it out. I mean, he's got he's got ample time. Um, have you ever did you watch Ryan play in a high school inning?
0: I actually didn't. I heard about him. I'm, I've heard some people say that he's a more of a stretch forward than a wing. I've heard some people say that he's totally changed his game over to be a uh, a, a shooting guard, a shooting guard, small forward now. So I, I haven't looked into it enough uh, lately to tell what he is. But I've I've heard different things about his game. I heard some people say that he has a uh, has the ability to be a nice shooter, uh, but he never really showed that too much in uh, in high school. But they say that people saying that he's progressed his jump shot. Since then, uh, since joining the team, yeah, yeah, no, I didn't really, uh, I didn't really check him out too much in high
1: school. People talk about um, lineups a lot. Um, this is my last question, and I'll then I'll let you go. I know you're a busy man. Um, people are into lineups a lot. People are obsessing over, oh, who's Penny going to start? Who's Penny going to start? I don't think starting the starting lineup matters. I think it, him finding he, his his best five or six guys to roll with throughout the season is what matters the most. Like, right? I think. Uh, Knowing that James and Precious are two guys he can go to and rely on is important. I think finding that out early is great. But I think what do you think? Because I think finding your best seven players is more important than tinkering around with lineups or who starts in the end.
0: Right. I agree with that as well. I think that we'll see uh, several uh, variations of the starting lineup. I believe that three guys will always be a part of the starting lineup, and that's going to be James Wiseman. Uh, Precious Achua and Boogie Ellis, I believe those three guys will uh, be a part of any lineup he has. Uh, what position that Boogie plays, whether it's point guard or shooting guard, may change. And he might start being creative and moving uh, Precious between the three and the four spot. But I believe that those three guys are locks to start the whole season. But like you said, it doesn't really matter who starts day one. What matters is what what lineup he's taking into the NCAA tournament and what group of guys he's uh, that he has in his rotation and how how the minutes are being distributed. I think those things matter more than than who starts the game.
1: Absolutely, and I agree. Um, Can't wait to be at some Tiger games with you next year, covering it, being around the usual um that'll wrap things up you can follow sane on twitter at sane asylum and me at underscore jonah jordan check out his patreon page check out what he's doing for the flyer Um, it's all great stuff go subscribe to the daily memphian you can find the daily memphian podcast which are powered by the OAM network anywhere you find your podcast whether it be itunes stitcher or spotify
0: In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place.